What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Surf and Sales podcast. I am Scott Lease, one of the two co-founders of the Surf and Sales Summit and the Surf and Sales podcast. Surf and Sales Summit is happening in a few short weeks, November 27th through December 6th. We got a couple spots left for the two sessions that are going on. Richard, you have assured me that you will make it this year. No sicknesses, no illnesses. Sequester yourself in your room. Do not leave between now and November. Absolutely. I am uh, not allowed to even talk to my kids. Like it's just, uh, you know, which not that they want to talk to me. They're teenagers. So yeah, they've passed that stage where they actually care about you and think that you're great. They've flown right by that into you're annoying. Leave me alone. I need nothing from you except for money. Totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are uh, super excited for today's show. We have tried to make this show happen a few times and for a variety of reasons, it has not quite happened, but we're going to be talking today to Charlotte Lloyd, who has recently gone out on her own. She is doing social selling and cold outreach made easy through Charlotte Lloyd sales consulting. And we'll welcome her all the way from, I think, Madrid, Spain here shortly. But Richard, first of all, tell everybody about the wonderful sponsor that is on your sweatshirt. Yes, I am wearing the cool HubSpot YouTube uh, network sweatshirt because we're not just on the HubSpot podcast network. We're also on YouTube. So check us out over there. So if you sales on YouTube, um, the cool thing about our friends at HubSpot, they've got a thing called a sales hub. If you didn't know, ironically. Uh, and their approach is to understand that closing deals is really not a big deal when you put the right inputs in. Like everything else in life, the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. And in the sales hub, it's got everything from prospecting workspaces, deal management tools, AI assistance. Um, it can help you with your um, with with coming up with messaging for your teams and cold calling and closing deals. So please go check that out, HubSpot dot com forward slash sales so all right scott back to you yeah without further ado we welcome charlotte lloyd founder of social selling and cold outreach made easy and multi-time sales director how's it going charlotte it's going good thanks for having me i'm glad we got to record eventually i know most of it is my bad so are you in madrid right now I am. Yeah. I'm, so I'm British. You can probably tell by the accent, although some people think I'm Irish or Australian, mainly Americans. <laughs> so um <laughs> don't know why. I mean, definitely. I don't know. To me, I sound British anyway. I've lived here now for this will be 13 years in December. Wow. 13 years in, in Spain. How did you end up in Spain perfecting oh, your sales skills? I came to Spain because of a man. Uh oh. <laughs> I've opened the wrong rabbit hole. <laughs> We're going down a bit of a rabbit hole. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting story here, uh, which sort of ties into to what we're talking about today with sales and certainly working from home. So um, I met my husband. So the man is is now my husband. And actually tomorrow it's our 11 year anniversary. Uh, yeah. And I decided, so I work with a major brand, Financial Times, which if you're American, you probably will think of the Wall Street Journal, competes with the Wall Street Journal. I was there for 13 years and I was managing a team and then I decided I want to go back I wanted to go back to be an individual contributor so I met this man my husband and I asked my boss my husband had to move back to Madrid because he was working in London 
And I, at the time I said, look, I want to work from Madrid. Is this possible? Uh, you know, I'm going to work remotely. I'm going to work from home. I might go to a WeWork space or something like that. It didn't exist 13 years ago. And he said, yes, you can go, but I'm going to have to, we don't have an office. We don't have a business set up in, in Spain. So you're going to have to be commission only. Are you okay with that? Yes, me. I'll, I'll do anything to move to Madrid. So I came here and this was what, 2010? No, 2011. So it was the yeah, end of 2010. And all of a sudden, I have no base salary. It's just pure commission only. Whoa. So yeah, I'm literally dancing for my dinner. And if I don't sell something this month, I'm going to have to I don't know what I'm going to do, but I need to invoice the Financial Times who I work for. I need to sell some advertising. I need to sell some event sponsorship. Uh, and there's another, we could go down another rabbit hole here with, oh, but you, you, how did you manage to sell every month? The deal cycles were shorter. The sales were more transactional. And yes, I did some awful things like maybe offer a discount, acted in my self-interest. I mean, it's different back then. So, yeah, I did perhaps a lot of the things that are associated with we dissociate now with a really bad salesperson and putting uh, pressure. I, gotta, I, gotta, I think a lot of I think a lot of us have made all of those kind of mistakes over the over the years. So I wouldn't feel too bad about yeah. it. I, I, have I have a question on the mental side of that. Right. Like, so it's one thing yeah. to say, sure, I'm going to go do it. And then yeah. there and the reality and, you know. I so, you know, a great benefit is you you have a partner there who's going to help support you emotionally and sort of, you know, I don't know about financially, yeah. but I know so many people who'd be like, I'd never take that job. I'd never do commission only. I And if I tried, I might give up in 30 days. Like, what, yeah. about, what about Charlotte is like, no, I, I, you know. I don't know. They used to call me the shark, spelled C-H-A-R-K. So it was like Ooh. the first four letters of my name because I was always... They say on the prowl for deals. So I go to events, went to a lot more events at that point. What made me do it? It's a good question. There was one person within the organization who moved to Dubai and he was on the same kind of contract. So they said to me, look, we'll pay you, I think it was 25%, 20% for any advertising that you sell. And when you get to a certain level, when you sell like over 300K, we'll, 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 that was it. It was 20%, we'll pay you 25. Um, And then for events, we'll pay you something between 10 and 15%. I had confidence in the brand. The brand was a, a great brand. And at that time, it was, you know, selling very well. And I thought, this is this is a great brand to work for. It seemed like a great company to work for. And I traveled two times a month. The difficulty was getting used to working from home because nobody was working from home. So I remember going to events, having face-to-face meetings with, with prospects and they say, where's your office? And I would just invent, I'd say, oh, it's it's just in the center of Madrid. It's not, you know, it's just me in the office. <laughs> I, just, I, do, I couldn't say, I felt embarrassed and ashamed to say that I work from home because nobody did it. And people wouldn't take you seriously back then. You know, eight, 10 years ago, you said, oh, I work from home. Like, well, you don't really work. Uh, so- do you, do you feel, do you feel a similar- um, sense of pressure now that you're on your own? I mean, running your own business is basically working commission only. Yeah. 
you've kind of you, you've almost gone full circle in a way. I've gone full circle. I'm going to say that the commission only I did it for ten years. It has helped me mentally, mindset wise, immensely in starting my own business. A year ago, well, no, let's fast forward to to the whole LinkedIn story, but let's say twelve to fourteen months ago, I had no idea that I would, it was kind of an, I was at an early stage. Yes, I want to do something. I I, I monetized my side hustle only in March this year. And I went all in, in, in August, end of August, beginning of September. So I'm much more calm right now because when I was commission only, I was definitely more desperate. I felt that I didn't know enough about sales and I just wanted to get a deal in. I just wanted to invoice. Whereas now going into this, yeah, you would think, well, it's way more stressful because now you are selling yourself, your services. You haven't got a big brand to rely on anymore. There is an element of, you know, this, this will get difficult and there are difficult moments, but I feel very, very calm. You know, I trust, and this is what one thing I was, you know, I was listening to your book, um, I trust the process or the process, as you say, I trust the process. Whereas when I was on my own, well, well, out here working for a big brand and commission only, it was completely different. It was so just to sort of fill in the gaps, I left that company just as COVID started. And it would have been terrible if I'd have stayed because when COVID hit, no one was, no one was buying events, um, no one was really buying advertising or anything like that. So it would. So the job came to an end. I moved to a different company and then I started selling much bigger deals. So yeah, I almost felt like I had to relearn and adapt. And, you know, being 13 years working for the same brand, you get into a rot, you know, even though sales is evolving and changing all the time. Uh, so... Yeah, I think now the 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 mental stress of running your own business and not knowing how much money you're going to earn from month to month, it doesn't phase me. It doesn't worry me as much as it would have done, uh, it did do when I was commission only working for a big brand. And part of that is I built a presence on LinkedIn and that is something that pre-2021 I didn't have. So that's helped me knowing that, you know, there's a certain amount of inbound leads that I'm going to get from week to week. There's also my outbound process, which I still carry, you know, I'm still practicing. I'm still practicing. I'm still executing. I'm not, you know, waiting for all these inbound leads to come. They're great. I don't have to sell anymore. No, because I love selling. So I still, you know, like I said, trust that process. And I, and I feel great now because I'm, I'm older right? When I was doing commission only, I was a lot younger, it was new. But yeah, it definitely was a good prep. It was preparation for this that was coming. And like, like I said, a year ago, I didn't know that I'd be in this situation where I would hand in my notice and say, bye corporate world. I'm not coming back. I just love the fact that it, it's taken her six months to get to the, uh, you know, oh, I'm not that worried about it, where you know, it took me about two years and, and Scott wow. worries about it every day about when the next deal. Yeah, I'm worried about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm worrying about it right now. 
I would, I have a question and I love the segue too, like, because, because you started it before, what was the final kick to make you go, all right, I want to do this stuff on LinkedIn. Was it, I need to build a brand. Was it, I want to see if I can start to attract additional customers, not, not for your current business, your previous role. Like, you know, what was your final thing? Because I often hear yeah. that, that people are like, I don't know. There's already so many people out there. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Like, you know, the, sort of all the imposter syndrome stuff. Yeah. But, but you did it, you know, Scott and I've done it for seven or eight years now, but you wow. did it a couple of years ago, like in 21 post COVID, like what made you finally go, I'm doing that. Yeah. And that's, a, that's another great question. Wow. And you've been doing it seven or eight years. So I'd love to hear what you've seen change because before 2021, I just, you know, my LinkedIn was like a business journal, business book. It was just boring. What made me want to post? It was the job change. So I went from a very, you know, transactional role, working for a big brand, having been there for 13 years to then, oh, I'm going to sell a completely new solution to this didn't exist. Well, it kind of was in a test mode a MarTech solution, creating content, target your audience, generate leads, which I ended up doing on LinkedIn myself. Uh, and I had, you know, it was relearning. I felt like I had to relearn, well, not relearn, but learn more about sales, selling bigger, like mid-market enterprise deals. And yeah, this time so was when it, I started. So was, it, so was it that you were like, okay, I'm going to spend more time here to learn. Yeah. And I'm going to get, I'm going to, maybe lead the witness and then you realized wait i actually have some stuff to contribute i'm as smart as the rest of these people Was yeah it and it started with exactly it started with i thought hang on a minute i've got like 18 years back two years of experience in sales i'm cold calling in my 40s and i've been you know i've managed teams i'm now back to being an individual contributor i started posting conversations so it might be I had a cold call so I post what I said on the cold call and what the prospect said back to me or I've been on a demo I said I just got hung up on on a demo um how does this happen (laughs) what did I say what did I not say and it gradually sort of built momentum and I'd be putting these conversations out what made you but what made you be vulnerable right like because so often I think that's a piece too like to not do it and then go, well, I'm just going to put what I put out there. Was it, you're just confident in your, like, again, you're you, to your yeah. point, you know, you've been around a little bit. You're not 25, you know, like a kid out of college who, who is just trying to figure out how to, you know, adult, right? Like, was it just sort of, that's always been your personality anyway? I've always been confident, but I wasn't confident in my voice and my experience. So when I changed roles and I started having success and I was adapting to something new, I just decided to post and I followed other sales leaders as well. And I, you know, listened to podcasts, would connect with them. And I thought, I've got something that I can, I can just put content out. My goal was to just help other salespeople. And another thing was because there was COVID people weren't going to events. So the only way to get, suddenly LinkedIn seemed to me to be different. I don't know, you guys might have a different opinion, but everyone was on LinkedIn and it was like a big, oh, here's my virtual trade show or here's my virtual office. This is like, you know, I'm going to the water cooler when I put my post out and people are going to comment and like, and I'm going to make connections, not just with prospects, 
but with other people, like other salespeople, other sales leaders. And then I'd start going on discoveries and the, and the person would get on the discovery and this would happen, it started happening maybe, when was this, about a year ago. Um, and two to three times a week, the person, I'd be on a meeting, they'd say, oh, I saw your post the other day. I really liked it. And then I was me th- sitting there thinking, well, you didn't like or comment on it. And then this would happen, you know, and then I'd start going back to events. And people would say, oh, it's you from LinkedIn. Yeah, I see your posts. They're really helpful. I tell my team to follow you. Or, uh, you know, we, we talked about your post the other day in a meeting. So suddenly you're, you're, you're on disco calls or you're out at an event and people are talking about you and your post. I think definitely I want to go back to this sort of confidence thing. I worked with, so I sold journalist content basically because it was obviously, in, you know, in Financial Times, a big news brand and they were the writers. You know, I was never doing any writing apart from writing really bad emails. Hope you're well. Um, I'm just circling back, you know, all the terrible things that salespeople did. So posting on LinkedIn for me was a way to, I don't know, it's almost proved that I could write something and people would, people started reading it and people liked what I put out there. And the writing part, and I think this is something really important, you know, you feel fear. Six months ago, the stuff I post now, some of the stuff I post now, I wouldn't post like six months ago. I'd be now, you'd crazy to post that. A year ago, I would have said, ah. Oh, I wouldn't, why did you put that post out, Charlotte? That's terrible. So this is something that, you know, some people find their voice very quickly. And, you know, you have these people go, oh, grew a personal grand in nine months from zero to 50,000 followers. Hardly anybody does that, right? Hardly anybody does that. And I think a lot of salespeople feel pressure to post and, and they don't have to have a personal brand anyway. You know, it's just, it's not all about that, but, the writing part, the being consistent helped me to find my voice. And then I stepped into this, oh, I'm a, I feel like a completely different person. I'm me now. And and that has an impact. And it kind of went, it sort of snowballed from there, really. But it took me two years to get to where I am now. What What are some of the things that you teach in your, in your practice now? Right? You teach social selling, cold outreach, utilizing LinkedIn. Yeah. Can you give us a couple things that you you go in, you talk to companies and their sellers and you're like, oh boy, here's the couple things that everybody's doing wrong, one or two things. And maybe what's one or two things that you are coaching people on to, uh, to fix and to start doing? Yeah. So one of the things is the way that salespeople use LinkedIn and they tend to talk to every prospect in the same way. And that's a big mistake because everybody uses LinkedIn differently. Different types of prospects will use LinkedIn differently. So if somebody is a C-level who's hardly going on LinkedIn at all and what I'd call a lurker or what I call a tier three, you can't have that same conversation that you would with somebody who's more active. So I see a lot of that the, they they see LinkedIn as something separate to the whole. It's it's part of the cold outreach system. Yes, salespeople need to prospect on LinkedIn. They need to focus on that. But they also, what I see them not doing is not posting enough. So they might post one week, or they'll just repost, or they'll take their company's marketing posts and just write a version of them, and they're terrible. And what I'm trying to teach them in, in my 
sort of when I coach sales teams is you don't just use LinkedIn as a cold outreach tool. You also need to show up and I'm saying like not build a personal brand because that's not for everyone, but that you need to show up and drive some kind of inbound, right? You need people, your prospects need to know you. That's what cold outreach, you even, you know, you were talking a while ago or even now about, is it near bounding? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Near bounding and cold outreach is cold outreach. Is it, you know, is it, is it dead? Is it going to die? Don't know, but we can make our salespeople, we can make our lives much easier if we're already known how much more business that's on my LinkedIn headline would you get if your prospects already know who you are? And what I, I see with a lot of teachers, it's so dis- it's like, here's the cold email and here's the, it, 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 there's this kind of awkward use of LinkedIn. You know, there's only, how many people are using LinkedIn now? It's still 3 million, isn't it? And there's like half a million people check it regularly, but only 3 million people post. And that's massive. So there's a big gap to fill. And that's what part of my training helps with. What do you do? Because I, you know, I I have my ideas, right? So it's easy for the three of us because our prospects are on LinkedIn, right? Like, you know, salespeople, leaders, et cetera. Let's say you're selling to, you know, developers or IT or security. And those personalities generally aren't as active on LinkedIn, right? So does that mean the channel is dead? I mean, everybody's got a See, everybody's got a profile, right? And you can even yeah. tell that like, you know, they've never done anything with it in a million years. So do you do you ignore that when your prospects aren't there? Do you post obviously content related, you know, important content because someone at that company is on there? Like, what is your thought around that? Because I, I hear this one all the time. Yeah, prospects don't use LinkedIn. The thing is, is they still could be checking LinkedIn. So, you know, it might be that, oh, there could be another channel. Maybe they're big on Instagram. Some of the governments that I used to sell to were quite big on Twitter. So, you know, it made sense to contact them on Twitter rather than say LinkedIn. You can't neglect the fact that, you know, one day it's going to become important or more important for these kind of people. But this is why you need the cold outreach system as well, because, if these people aren't checking their LinkedIn, if you know if they really are the the people like they've got like the graveyard or gravestone, I call it gravestone type LinkedIn, we go and there's just nothing there, and you can't even personalize anything. They will, maybe these people will pick up a cold call. These people will respond to an email. You've got their 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 cell phone, right? You can text them or WhatsApp them. There's different people work different ways. Uh, I just trained a real estate team in Dubai. They don't use cold email. They don't really use LinkedIn, but they use other channels like TikTok because they're showcasing properties, right? So a lot of their prospects pop on there. Uh, or they pop on Instagram. So every, I say everybody is somewhere. If they're not on one channel, they might then be on another channel. So they say, you know, focus your efforts on one social media channel that you do well. But also don't neglect the fact that you can repurpose your content, for example. So everything that I put on LinkedIn goes into a TikTok video or an Instagram reel or an Instagram post or on Twitter. So you can't afford not to be everywhere, but you want to focus on the channel 
the social media channel that makes the most sense. It's hard, I find at least, trying to be everywhere and grow on all platforms when when your job is actually not a creator. Because, yeah. because you, I think, you would call yourself this, like myself. Yeah. I don't call myself a creator. I'm an operator who happens to create. I'm a business owner who happens to create stuff. I'm a creator slash operator or operator slash creator. Yeah. So the amount of time it took me and the number of years that I put into building um, a, a large community and a following on one platform, it's very daunting to think like, oh my God, I got to do that on all these other platforms. I think it'd be yeah. easier if you're just starting and you're at ground zero from all of them. Yeah. I'll feel daunting. And you're like, Hey, let's just go and see which one kind of takes off. So how do you, how are you balancing this juggling act of like LinkedIn is the main thing, but I, <clears throat> I have to try to do stuff on these others. Yeah. And, 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 you know, coupling that with like, Oh, you also, run a, co a coaching and training and consulting business. This It's not like you're sitting around all day making nine hours worth of TikTok videos, right? No, and, and the reality is, is that it takes me, I do my content every Friday or Saturday morning, depend, like, so I, I allocate time. It takes me two to three hours a week to build, to write, so I write, seven LinkedIn posts. That's my primary focus is LinkedIn. So I, I do those posts first because that's my most important platform. And then one, I take those seven posts and I'll make three TikTok videos. So I usually go back to the week before, see which posts have performed well on LinkedIn and then make them into TikTok videos. So the game doesn't take me very long. Those same videos will go on Instagram. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm not creating all this new content. And then the posts that I do on LinkedIn that have done well the previous week will go on to small short form on Twitter. And I use a scheduler called Hype Fury, which allows me to just drop everything into Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then the TikTok. Yeah, I just upload three videos a week onto TikTok. I just love the fact uh, that you can do all that in three hours. Yeah. It'd be like three days for me. <laughs> well, it, well, it would be three days because you can't generate the ideas because you overanalyze and overthink them before pushing publish? Uh, probably, probably uh, focus, right? Focus. Um, you know, like, like I, I just went through this yesterday. I had like these three or four things I needed to do. I put them on the calendar and I got two of the four things done, right? Um, but I certainly felt better. And then I often have this, I don't know, Charlotte, if you ever have this or Scott, you have this is like, sometimes I feel like there are other things I need to be doing and not sort of realizing like, oh, it's okay to go make this content. It's okay to spend time on that, even though I do spend time on, like I, I, that's, I don't know, we need only turn into a retreat therapy session, but that's. Yeah. How many times a week do you post on LinkedIn, Richard? Oh, daily, daily. So, and I, and I go through spats, like, like this morning I sat down for 45 minutes and I've scheduled a bunch of stuff for next week. Right. And I now, right. have, I now have a company that's 
I'll speak with them on Friday and they'll go cut two or three videos for me to do and they're helping to write blog. So I'm, I'm getting to that space where I'm actually having someone help me do it um, <clears throat> in terms of creating the content. But I, I just, the idea of like recording myself on my phone and doing something and just, I don't know, I'm Gen X. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Gen. Yeah, I'm Gen X too. It's no excuse. Ah, damn it. Yes. <laughs> I'm damn old. It. I think I don't know, you don't have to be. This is the thing. In the last, I would say, six months, it's made it's just become a lot easier. I save all my posts on LinkedIn since since January last since January this year. So every single post, I have it on a spreadsheet. I know exactly what type of post it is how many impressions it got, how many likes. What I'll Say if I'm stuck one week, and it does happen, sometimes I think, oh, I've got so much going on. I've got to create this content. But I block that time off, and it's usually on the weekend because then I don't feel guilty because I don't have to be prospecting or you know, doing sales-related activities. And I enjoy it more doing it on a – usually on a – I try and do it on a Friday, but when I was working in my previous role, it would be Saturday morning. So Saturday morning – that's it do the content it used to take me longer it does get faster the more the more you form that habit yeah. and then you're literally just repurposing maybe using a different hook when you're putting it on different platforms so you you're really creating for that one platform linkedin and then and i think really oh i got it it's just a you know it's a commitment adhd richard being richard shit like it's you know. I think it's also it's also frustrating a little bit and charlotte you can pick this up after richard does the second uh advertisement here from for hubspot in just a second but i think it's also challenging because you don't get the same dopamine hit you don't get the same response or reaction on platform two three four and five that you do on the first one so that's one yeah you do linkedin and you get you know a thousand likes or whatever and you're like hey that was good that really resonated with people and you spend another 10-15 minutes posting in all these other places and you get fuck all as a response and it's like Ugh, what do we do so maybe you can it's talk cricket, to that maybe you can talk to that after richard does the mid-roll right here yeah so i want to uh thank hubspot and hubspot podcast network and even the youtube network uh and share that our good friend John Barrows is actually on the network. If you don't know John, check him out on Make It Happen Mondays. It gives away amazing sales tips, has amazing guests. Scott, you were just recently on a live session. Do you know if that's going to go on to uh, the Make It Happen Mondays? Do you know if he recorded it to do that? They did record it. I don't know if they pushed that the same way or not, but uh, we'll find out. Yeah, and certainly go to just Google Scott Lee's John Barrows and AI. I think you're talking about AI and sales or something. So yeah, that's right. That's right. It'll it'll be a good one for sure. All right, Charlotte. So what's your what's your thoughts around uh, what Scott suggested? With the so yeah, I mean, focus on LinkedIn and then think about video because video having a, a video strategy as part of your social media is the next important thing. Uh, I just started a YouTube channel, but I haven't put too much effort into it. But what I'm doing is just using a lot of my podcasts and um, TikToks to put onto that channel. You can, yeah, I mean, for me, for example, Twitter just is, it's just fake and phony. I haven't managed to figure it out. <laughs> I just keep trying with it. I keep trying. I started it in November last year 
and well, I had like a dormant account. I had like 167 followers and I've got like 843 now. I've had a few newsletter subscribers. I can't say I've had any leads from it. But that's the thing. It's like, it's tough for people to spend time and energy there who have already made it one place because you feel like fucking yeah getting nothing getting no traction whatsoever you don't feel the progress or the impact right yeah no i get that and it's the same in a way for with me on instagram because i'm a failed fashion I hate the word influencer but yeah fa- I, I started out with i got like free clothes sports clothes i made some terrible reels where i look awkward and just don't maybe like you should me. reshare those and combine those with what you do now and it's like lessons learned from my first go as an influencer right and then you could throw up those old things as like a kind of comedy reel uh uh, and that you got to start anywhere it's all the mistakes that the actors make and stuff instagram's hard because it's so there's there's so many people on it and it's the there's you know there's over what billions there's more than a billion users LinkedIn is much easier because there's less people and there's hardly anybody that posts every day when you, you know, the ratio of people that post every day compared to total users. Um, in, Instagram is very, yeah, it's difficult. Um, and it depends on your niche or niche as you call it. So the more niche you can go on Instagram, the better. But I do think for me, I like the video. So a, a, a platform that has a video element TikTok, for example, yeah, lots of, you might get a lot of views on your video, but again, no leads. But I think it's interesting as an experiment, as long as you just don't spend too much time. Um, you know, you, again, people say, oh, focus on, yeah, focus on one platform that that's obviously good for you, the best for your business, but don't throw out the fact that another platform and potentially a platform with video because people need to see you. They need to see you speaking. They need to see that you're real and that you can't just hide behind text posts on LinkedIn. So yeah, focus on one platform with video and one platform like LinkedIn. Yeah. Me on video scares the hell out of me. Ah! So, that's a whole you other confidence. That's a whole then other when you master the uh, when you master the whole, I don't I, I quite like writing copy and I like hooks and what works and what doesn't work. And I think this is when, since I started posting on LinkedIn, you know, when I first posted my posts were terrible and I'm looking back six months ago and I think I wouldn't write the post that way now. I'd, I'd format it better. I'd, so there's always things that you can be learning. I think you've got to really love what you're doing. So I wouldn't outsource my content to a ghostwriter because I was going to ask, have you, have you gone down the path of having someone else write your content or using AI? No, no. So sometimes I might, with a post, I might take my best post and say, can you rewrite it? Like I've done that with chat GPT and experimented a little bit, but I I know I don't like posts that are written by chat GPT because you can tell, like when I see somebody's post on LinkedIn and I think, oh, that's chat GPT cotton paste. Um, I like to use it for ideas. The same with like when I'm looking at a particular persona, what are their challenges? Of course, everybody's going to use AI in some way, but just writing a post that's completely AI, you can tell. 
Who would do that? Not me. I worry about doing anything not from myself because it, I worry about it not feeling authentic and not really exactly. being me yeah. and potentially breaking some element of trust with my audience yeah. or followers that I worry I could never get back. Yeah. Only thing I've I have I, I had right. Yeah. Because I get yeah. long winded. I I have taken my ones to get really long winded and said, okay, chat GPT shorten this to 500 words and then I'll go in and re-edit yeah. it so it sounds like me. Um, but I don't necessarily go look for that. Um, I might I think I've a couple of times I've like, I just couldn't think of something to say today. I'm like, chat GPT, tell me like six topics salespeople are struggling with and it'll just give me yeah. the topics and then I'll go write about it. Um, yeah. So I, I sort of use it for, I prompt it to help it prompt me for lack of a better phrase. Um, yeah. I agree with you. I would, I would never just like post it and go, oh, that's chat GPT or, you know, and not recognize it. So. Yeah. And you, and one, one of the things I did a year ago was I asked people in the DMS, like what makes my post different, which is another thing that I wanted to find. Cause I was thinking, well, that's a good question. I'm going to start a side hustle, but how am I different to other people that are on there in the same space. So I asked 200 people, I put all of the answers into a spreadsheet. Yeah, I was mad. This was like last November. <laughs> and there was this common thread. You know, people said, you are, you're the real you, you know, bullshit. You're authentic. You're doing everything. You're on the battlefield. You're quite raw in your posts. You're, and I thought, yeah, this is exactly who I am. So yeah. I wouldn't want anyone else to write my posts. Yeah. I like that idea. That's interesting. Yeah. Customer feedback, right? Like just like all the rest of us, what do our customers think of us? So. All right. Yeah. Charlotte, we're, we're getting close to the end. So this is the part where we turn around and I'll let you ask us a question or two. What do you, what do you want to know? So I want to ask, since you've been on posting on, you guys are posting what for seven years every day. Yes. Yes. More or less every day how is it yeah. so how has linkedin changed to let's let's go back six seven years what's been the big difference that you see from then to now well the first thing is i had more followers than scott and now it annoys me that he's flipped it but no um there well obviously there's more noise it's harder to break through um you were able to find the connections easier and get those connections a little faster. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that I used bots back in 2017 to, to send out invites, but now you're limited. Um, uh, and so I think that's different. I think you can get way better data though than you used to be able to. Like you can, you know, I use Shield app. I think Scott does too, I don't know, um, which will help you measure your engagement and your times and stuff so that we can try to figure out, as you said, I like keep giving good content, right? You know, yeah. And and I also think what hasn't changed, it, it is my hope that people are like us and like you, is that you know the goal of it was to help other people. Sure, there's this, hey, this is my business and I can drive leads, and yeah, of course, but that's not the primary reason we do it. We do it because we like it. We want to help other people. We appreciate when people tell us it's raw and authentic and real um yeah even that that can be ego driven and that's okay so i think that's the same 
I think there's um I think there's too many ads <laughs> in the feed. I think the pacing of the algorithm has always existed and everybody still complains about it. I think that uh, because of who I am and who I think Scott is, um, it can feel annoying that it's the same kind of content all the time, but that's really my own fault because that's the little kingdom I've built, right? Yeah. Like I said earlier, like I don't have a, a ton of IT people in there. I don't have a ton of, you know, security specialists and stuff. It's all sales and salespeople. So sometimes I just get frustrated by the noise um, on stuff. So that I'll let Scott answer from his point. Well, I think that good content used to win out and I don't feel that way anymore at all. Really? No. I think it's a total lie that we're being told that if you just create good content, good things are going to happen. I don't believe that because there are countless bad actors who have spoiled it with all of their gamesmanship of the algorithm. And you see people who get hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments in the first 45 minutes, first 30 minutes of posts. And you're just like, okay, this content must be amazing. And it's like, optimize your profile, use a real picture. And it's just like the most basic, dumb stuff you can possibly think. And you're like, that's not good content. That's somebody completely gaming the system. And unfortunately the algorithm is rewarding this kind of bad behavior. And you see dozens and dozens of people capitalizing on this. And, and so, you know, it's tough to stay motivated when you feel like you've done things the right way day after day after day not trying to cheat the system, really trying to be yourself, trying to help people. And then, you know, a flick of the switch and the algorithm changes and you're like, yeah. shut off, right? So I think you used to be able to get away with being kind of big on one platform. And, and I don't think you're gonna be able to get away with that moving forward, which spells bad news for people like Richard and I who have put all this time into one platform and have not put time into others. So we sort of have to like diversify our platform or join into the gamesmanship or find something else to kind of do. So I, I don't think that the best content wins out anymore. And I do think that it used to. Um, yeah, it is a lot noisier. It used to be very reliable to send somebody a DM on LinkedIn and get a response one way or another if it was sensibly put together. Now, I actually don't think that people are purposely ignoring you. It's just everybody's inbox is full of spam and total yeah. shit. And it's like, hey, Charlotte, do you want to run a franchise? Hey, Charlotte, are you looking to offshore IT work? It's like, no. And so everybody's inbox is full of all these things that are irrelevant. So. A lot of people just don't check that inbox at all. Yeah. And they haven't done a great job of making that user experience easier and, and better. So you really do have to almost like warm up 
the connection and the relationship before sending somebody yeah. a DM and, and trying to get to know them, right? So that that part has changed quite a bit. I think there's a lot more diversity in the type of content that's out there. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. There's really humorous and funny stuff. There's snarky, witty stuff. There's sort of whistleblowing stuff where people are calling out some really bad actors at a corporate level and, you know, kind yeah, of like that them too. on blast and, and whatnot. And I, I think some of that transparency is really good. Yeah. So those are a few things that I would kind of call out. Yeah, LinkedIn kind of holds people accountable. But yeah, I, I'm a not a fan of these kind of posts where somebody will write a post and there'll be no, like, no context and a selfie with it. I've posted two selfies in my LinkedIn lifetime, but I hate them. Um, and they it's like, probably well, performed gonna... really well, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, and that's the frustrating a... part is like the algorithm and the people at LinkedIn can control whether though that type of content like blows up right? yeah and so is that really what we want as users in the experience is that really what they want the platform to become i've never talked to anybody who says yes that's what i want linkedin to become so it's confusing i think right it is i do yeah and we're seeing a lot of this you know people posting photos very random which have nothing to do with what they're posting about like how does this help me to see this kind of photo that's a lot of the gaming that you're talking about as well yeah and so you know you play the game do you rage against it it's what do you do then that's that's the dilemma for for some folks and i think it's discouraging some people to get started unfortunately i think it's discouraging some people who've who feel like they've done things yeah. the right way and they see other people being quote unquote rewarded for this type of stuff. And it leaves you in a weird place of like, what do I do? Right. So I don't, yeah, have, the, I like I don't have the answer other, other than, you know, I, I think you were right when you said earlier, you can't just be on one platform and you've got to try to, you know, find ways to break through the others. You can have one primary one, but it's probably yeah. a bad idea to completely ignore the others, right? And that's good advice, I think, for all three of us on this call, and uh, probably most people who are who are listening at home. Scott, what's your TikTok handle again? Just so I can go find you. It's at the Scott Lease. You really? Oh, I was. Well, making, I didn't know you had one. <laughs> yeah, I I I do. I, I have failed thus far in being very consistent. Yeah. Um, You've got one to find you. But you know, um, at least the, the one thing I will say with TikTok is, and even with Instagram Reels, if you're posting the same ones on the same platform, you only need to write like two lines and that's it. It's not like you're writing a really long post. So that makes it easier. Once you get into the rhythm, maybe pick a video platform, it gets much easier to do it. You just yeah. you, you start to boom, boom, boom. It does start to encourage you if you're trying to optimize things. It's, it does start to encourage you to do more video. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I, for years and years and years, five, six years, maybe I didn't do any video on LinkedIn at all. So I didn't have the ability to like repurpose content. I felt as easily. Right. But now, now that I've dabbled a little bit here, 
with Instagram and TikTok and whatnot, I am noticing that it's like, okay, I've got this video clip that, uh, you know, I did a podcast, somebody sent me a video clip, I can repurpose this on three or four different places. And let's kind of see what happens. So that does make it easier. But it it starts to skew my brain towards, well, the content that I should make for LinkedIn should probably be more video so I can repurpose it on this other stuff. Because if I just write copy, then I'm hosed on all these other platforms. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. It's just an observation. Yeah, you can. And also with your text post on LinkedIn, you can just make that into a video. So say exactly what's, what, what you're saying in the post. That's next uh, level. That's next then, level. I haven't got there yet. I haven't <laughs> got there yet. That's the three hours on Saturday. So Then you download. So there's, a, there's an app called Captions, which does the captions for you for TikTok. And it's so quick. You, you record the video in TikTok. You save it, download it to your album, stick it in captions. What captions will do is, well, it will write the captions for you. It will then trim the video. So any ums, ahs, or when you're, you know, with TikTok, you often creating a very short, here's, here's my sales tip for the day, boom. And you, so it will remove everything from your hand movements and make the video much shorter. And then you just save that and upload it straight to TikTok. And it will actually, AI in captions will suggest a hook that you use. There you go. I got it. I'm going to end up having to do this. I'm going to end up having to do this. Takes me 15 minutes to do three TikTok videos. So I record all three. You take a post, save them, and then stick them in captions. And then they're all ready. And then I just, then I draft them. So I draft the caption on TikTok, on Instagram. You're hired. You now run the surf and sales, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn. You run all the socials for us now. You're hired. You're hired. Yeah. Next year, if you invite me back next year, I'll say, well, now I've had to outsource it. I'm so big. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great, a great thing to have happen. We appreciate you spending some time with us. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Get in touch with me on LinkedIn, Charlotte Lloyd. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, DM her. I'm not really, my Instagram's kind of, mm, the, the stuff on there that I'm embarrassed about that I need to archive. So I'm not going to give you my Instagram handle. <laughs> Um, TikTok is Charlotte Lloyd's, no, Charlotte Self Tips. Uh, Twitter is um, Charlotte H. Lloyd, I think. We don't even know. We don't even know our own, our own, yeah. blood, our own handles. Yeah. This is how you know that we all have work to do. Thanks so much, Charlotte, for spending some time with us. And we'll see everybody next time on the Surf and Sales podcast. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you.